Talk Radio 77 WABC. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. God, so lame. What do you think? The average listener of mine is like 85. You got a bunch of young huckleberries here at WABC. You know, ever since I left in March to run for the mayoralty, it was all a bunch of old altacockers here. Now I come in here, I got to card these guys. Oh, no, no, not a Maxine passport, just to find out how old they are. If they're even able able to work, if they went to get their working papers, you know, years ago I remember as a kid going for my working papers because I was going to deliver the daily news. That's right, 168 dailies, 186 on Sundays. You get a triple hernia when you do that, and you had to get your working papers. And Doctor Strange Glove was in this cold room, and he said, "Drop your drawers, drop your drawers." Yeah, I got to yank your chain. Well, what do you got to yank my chain for? Make sure you don't have a hernia. What do you mean I don't have a hernia? I don't have a hernia. Uh, I got to find out. And the guy, he seemed to have that glint in his eye. Remember, guys? When you went for your working papers, how he would pull your three-piece set down. And if you didn't scream, if you didn't yell, uh, he'd say, okay, give me his working papers. If you smiled, who knows? Maybe the next thing you had that urge to merge with this Dr. Strange Club. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm calling upon you to remember that dark day in your life when you went for working papers. Dr. Strange Glove told you how to drop your drawers, and then he pulls your chain. I mean, if if that wasn't a perv thing to do, I don't know what, what was. That was a, a pure excuse to pull the chain on an underage young man. Yeah, you'd be 15 and 16. You're in this icebox. This guy comes in with Playtex gloves on. Double, double. And then you yank. Remember, if you didn't scream, you got your working papers. If you smiled at him, this guy was going to hit on you as if it was a North American Man-Boy Love Association. I'm scarred by that. I'm traumatized. I remember what it was like in downtown Brooklyn. I'm sure some of you remember that. Do they even make uh, young men and young women go for working papers nowadays? Because like half the people here at WABC, I, I don't even think they're 18. I'm serious. I don't even think they're 18. Our number's 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Yours truly, Curtis Lee, we're taking you to 4 o'clock. You think you could find some hip-happening electronic dance music, you know, as opposed to those old fuddy-duddy Christmas carols? Oh, that's right. You're looking at me. They're saying, you're 67. See, they're whispering to one another. You're 67. You're into electronic dance music? Damn right. I'm like a whirling dervish on the dance floor. Don't be laughing at me, guys, or I'll punch your schnoz right down your throats. Got to be a little discipline here. Oh, and I love it. Who's that? Steve Moore on before me. Cash Money Rules the World, right? That was his show. More money, more money, more money, more money. Cash Money Rules the World. 36 Chambers of Affluence. Oh, wait, it was Wu-Tang Clan? Uh, anyway. Oh, they make money. He makes money. So he's talking about making moolah schmoolah schedule, of which you want to. But I want to ask you this. At the end, Steve Moore was talking about how bad the public school systems are. Now, I have a feeling Steve Moore, 
lives in one of those one percent areas, you know, like uh, <laughs> he ain't living in Newark or Patterson, New Jersey. That's for sure. Rumson. He probably lives in Rumson, you know, along with Bruce Springsteen and the other one percenters. Do you know what kind of property tax they pay in places like Rumson? Unless he's written off areas and claims that because he's planting flowers, it's a farm and writing it off. Man, they have some of the best public schools going. But, hey, Steve Moore and his family upset with the public school systems. I get it. And he said he sent his kids to Catholic school because there they force discipline on you. True. In this case, he said the kids had to wear a jacket and tie, and I'm sure for the young ladies it was a dress. I remember, unfortunately, try to find a priest or a nun nowadays. They're like invisible. And if you do get a priest, they're probably from Nigeria, Poland, Colombia, and couldn't even find their way in and out of the neighborhood that they're assigned to either the convent or the parish. But anyway, okay, send your kids to Catholic school. Uh, maybe if you're not of that religious uh, persuasion, you tell them avoid the uh, the catechism training and just focus on reading, writing, arithmetic, and the most important, our respect. And they do a good job of that, although I'm also traumatized. I'm haunted because, as many of you know, I went to both Catholic and public schools. I went to St. Matthew's up on Eastern Parkway in Utica Avenue, and it was the Christian nuns of Ireland. You know, their uh, retirement home is out in uh, Brentwood. I visited them one time, and they threw me out of their retirement home like they threw me out of St. Matthew's in Crown Heights, Utica Avenue. Did any of you go there, Eastern Parkway? When all of a sudden, in first grade, Sister Ruth is looking at me, and I figure I want to be a real brown nose. You know, I want to get on a good side. I want to get gold stars. Uh, not that three-inch, uh, three-foot ruler in which they hit you so hard your mother would feel the vibrations. So she's telling me, history class, St. Brendan the Navigator discovered a new world. Hey, not for nothing, Sister Ruth, but it was Christopher Columbus. I live in an Italian-American area, Canarsie. If I go back there, tell them St. Brendan the Navigator, I'm going to get a beatdown from my Supreme Cousine cousins, Lenny Beans Bianchino and Joey G, the Cheech from Howard Beach. She says, I'm telling you. You write down Christopher Columbus on the test. I'm failing you, Curtis. Now, you know, you try being a brown nose. And you knew kids, right? They bring apples with worms in it. They bring chocolates, especially the chocolate kisses. Whatever they could to brown nose the teacher. And we all hated and despised them and they loathed them. And yet they wanted to be teacher's pet. Teacher's pet. Ooh, I want to be teacher's pet. I didn't want to be teacher's pet. Stay as far away from me as possible, teacher. Especially when they would use that cheap perfume on, you know, that would clog up your nostrils, the hairs in your, in your schnoz would be twirling around. They use that cheap toilet water, I call it. Sweet water. Or you get a guy teacher, right? And he'd use that high karate and that old spice. Oh my God! Open the windows! And they thought that smelled good. Oh, yeah. And they took halfway through the school day when they had their teacher's break, when they would go to the teacher's room there to, like, gossip with the other teachers about what a bad student you were. Male yentas, female yentas. They put on more of that sweet water. They come back in, and we'd all be gagging in the classroom. Remember how we had to try to open the windows? Old school style. Somebody would always paint the custodian. They would paint, and they would paint the window shut because they did a slip shot. 
job job. So then you would have to get the long pole, remember, with the hole at the top, and you'd have to try to yank the window down because you were asphyxiating. Kids were on the floor, they're gagging. The teacher goes, oh, you see? Yeah, you shouldn't have eaten so much tuna fish at lunch. You see, that's what tuna fish could do. Lead poisoning. You could get lead poisoning. And remember how you had that tuna family, uh, sandwich in tinfoil? It wasn't aluminum foil. You, you, you dated yourself. Oh, tinfoil, that's state of the art. It keeps it fresh. As opposed to wax paper. Wax paper and brown bag to work. Anyways, I've uh, sort of uh, stimulated your medulla and cerebellum here and taken you into theater of the mind, transporting you on the time machine. It is your turn to call and show that you have a pulse and you're inhaling and exhaling. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And then Steve Moore, I'm assuming through osmosis, because I don't really know Steve Moore. Good broadcaster. Hear him often on the Cats Roundtable at night at 5 o'clock from 5 to 6. Obviously, he's an expert on the academy. But he said, if Catholic school don't work like he's an expert on schools, right? He said, first, we send them to public school. Then if they kick him out of Catholic school, and I know all about that. Because when I was a senior at Brooklyn Prep, the Jesuit high school, no, not Regis, that produced Fauci. Oh, my God. They didn't even have a football team, that Jesuit school in Uptown on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. You know, a school that does not have a football team, wussies. And I see it more. No smash mouth football. Oh, soccer, soccer, kickball, kickball, kickball. I hate it. I loathe it. I despise it. Go, go, score, score. No. American smash mouth football. That determines whether your high school is relevant or not. Now, we had a football team. I played football first few years. We were like the worst. At one time, I'm looking, I'm looking in the old yearbooks. We were the best, not like the rest. Brooklyn Prep was playing in Ebbets Field. It's annual Thanksgiving Day turkey game against St. John's Prep, the Redmond. And it was magnificent. They had like, what, 40,000 people in the stands? When I was playing football, you had four people on the sidelines. And all of them, they were homeless people. You know, they were figuring, hey, you know, can we have some of that? Can we have some of this? This is incredible. So Steve Moore, uh, Mr. Educator, he knows all about education, right? He said, hey, if your kid don't make it in Catholic school, send them to military school. Uh, who did that? I don't want to strain your brain out there, ladies and gentlemen, because out at LaSalle Military Academy in Long Island, Strong Island, they used to have a wing of the Military Academy was called La Cosa Nostra. Because the wise guys, you know, with the big schnozzes who couldn't control their kids, but they were shaking down, extorting all kinds of folks in their neighborhoods as part of organized crime, would send their kids out to LaSalle Military Academy, where they had a Cosa Nostra wing there. And then remember, Fred Trump, father of former President Donald Trump, could not control his son. Who could? (laughs) Who could? Has anyone been able to control Donald Trump? So Fred was having a problem with his son, and he sent him to the New York Military Academy up in the Hudson Valley. Now, you know who also went there much later? My enemy of all enemies. He is a disgraziata. John Gotti Jr., because John Gotti Sr. could not control his son. John Gotti Jr. So we sent him to the New York Military Academy. And I'll bet you that some of you out there are listening. 
to what was the troika, the trifecta, the trinity of advice. From Steve Moore, Cash Money Rules the World, Cash Money Rules the World, the 36 Chambers of Affluence. Uh, Wu-Tang Clan, he's not. Now, he knows what he's talking about when he's talking about making moolah moolah scattle. But does he really know what he's talking about when he's talking about education? Well, it's his kids, obviously. I got to defer to him. So he says, start out with public school. Then if that don't work, go to Catholic school. Then if they, if nuns, there are no more nuns. The pre, there are no priests, brothers. There are no brothers. So if the lay teachers suddenly give you the boot, then go to, go to the military academy. You know, that's the only place I didn't go that I didn't get kicked out. Yeah, yeah, look at these young huckleberries. You got kicked out of public school? Hell yeah. I was in kindergarten. It was in Ozone Park. Let me take that time machine back. Slowly I turned, step by step. It was on Pitkin Avenue. I forget the name. I think it was PS214 or something like that. And I'm in kindergarten. And there's this kid, Sal. You know, he's one of these Gavones, one of these Yadrules, one of these knuckle-draggers. You know, he, he was the perfect advertisement why his family should have practiced birth control. But because they're Catholics, God forbid they wear a jimmy cap. So Salvatore is produced, and he is an enemy of society in kindergarten. So he's taking this young lady's... Uh, Pigtails. Remember pigtails? 1960-59. Remember how all the girls would have pigtails and it would take their mothers a month of Sundays to get the pigtails right or their older sister. So she's sitting in front of Salvatore and they had the old inkwells in the seats and he's pulling her pigtails through the inkwell and yanking it down. And she's screaming. And when the kindergarten teacher would look over, Salvatore would look like a little Agnoic, a little angel. But I saw what he did. And I told him, you got to knock it off. He said, mind your B.I.B. business. Really? You're going to tell me in kindergarten, mind my business? So we in playtime and we're in the sandbox. Yeah, they had a sandbox there. Because actually in Ozone Park, they should have had the yard, having the guys walk the yard like they do in prison, you know, when they're let out for one hour of exercise. Because a lot of these yadrules were eventually going to end up going upstate to the yard and they'd have to walk out there <laughs> an hour a day. But they didn't have it. They had a sandbox. So we're playing in a sandbox, and I decide to have an, a moment of anger management. They didn't have that term back then. What they said is, you got a psychotic kid. And I buried Salvatore. I buried him in the sand. I, I literally tried to choke him out. I said, you don't do that to the little girl. I forgot what the little girl's name was. So who gets in trouble? You think Salvatore gets in trouble? No, because you were afraid of his father. I forget which organized crime family he was in in Ozone Park. So they're afraid of his father. So they call my mother in because my father's a merchant seaman. He's sailing like eight months a year. He's home four months. He wasn't home then. And all of a sudden they tell my mother, hey, your kid's got a discipline problem. Uh, we're going to have to leave him back. We're going to have to kick him out. Why don't you send him to Catholic school? Uh, using the Steve Moore approach, that if you don't cut it in public school, then you go to Catholic school, and then if it don't work out there, you go to military school. But thank God I didn't go to military school. It would have been like that movie Taps. Remember that movie Taps? Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, look at these young Huckleberry's taps. Is it? Uh, what? What? Whatever that movie was. Remember, I think it was what? Sean Penn was in there. I think he was the bad guy. And I think that Cruz, Cruz, Tom Cruz. Oh, Tom. Tom, he's the all-American boy from Syracuse, New York. Became a Scientologist. Don't ask him any questions. But anyway, I think it was Tom Cruise and uh, Sean Penn in Taps. And remember how Kukulamunga they became? They tried to take over the military academy. Like I tried to take over Brooklyn Prep, except the Jesuits decided to shine their boots on my backside, kick me to the curb right there on Nostrand Avenue off of President and Sterling, and I never looked back. I never looked back. Did anybody ever ask me if I had a get? Where was it? Yeah, well, some of the Orthodox and the Hasidim did when I had multiple divorces. They asked me if I had a get. I, I didn't go to religious court. I'm not Jewish, right? Well, maybe that would have worked out better for me, you know? Anyway, the point is, <laughs> they asked if I have a GED. Nobody has ever asked me if I had a GED. Nobody. Nobody. You got to get your GED. Oh, my God. You'll never survive. You'll be drowning in debt. You'll be a dope fiend going to the intravenous shooting up galleries that de Blasio has set up. We'll talk about that later on in the show. You'll be a person of no consequence. You'll never be able to get a job. Not true. But, oh, my God, without a GED, you're lost. You might as well just commit suicide. It's over. Not true. Not true. Not true. Anyway, our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. As I was pimping off of Steve Moore, great show about cash money rules the world. More money, more money, more money. The 36 chambers of affluence having nothing to do with Wu-Tang Clan. I don't even think Steve Moore knows who Wu-Tang Clan is. Or Raquan. Raquan. He's doing all the shows now because, you know, he did a book. What was it, a matchbook? A comic book? You really think this guy smoking all those blunts? could actually sit down and write a book, and all these schmucks on TV, oh, Raquan, uh, let me hear those words of wisdom pour from your lips. What was it What was it like going up in Park Hill and Stapleton in Staten Island? Oh, my God, I want to projectile vomit, you know, but I can't. I can't because, you know, of COVID, oh, and this new South African strain. How come when they see somebody on the street who's half in the bag and they project our vomit, they don't quarantine them? How do we know they're not releasing into the atmosphere the South African variant? Oh, no. Oh, God, I gave them an idea. God forbid. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. God, I'm like ready to fall asleep here. Get to the punchline already, huh? Uh, I didn't think I'm in an old person's home here, you know, like they wheeled me out of my room just to hear this song that's going to put me to sleep the rest of the day. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. <sighs> it's beginning to look a lot No, it's not. No, it's not. Get out, get out of here. Midtown is dead. It's empty. There's nobody in Midtown except the enemies of society. 
That's right. Why do you think uh, Bank of America has issued a, memor- a memorandum internally, hush, hush, much, much, that if you walk right across from Bryant Park, you should not wear any Bank of America paraphernalia. You should not updress. You should downdress, wear a paper bag because it's going to try to rob you. Looking a lot like Christmas. There's nobody here. But what's wrong with you, young huckleberries? You just you just want to appease the suits, the mockers, the muckety mucks. That's right. You're a bunch of brown noses. Like I tried to be in first grade with Sister Ruth answering the question, who discovered the new world? Oh, St. Brendan, the navigator, teach. I knew I was lying. Maybe that's why Eric Adams called me a liar, right, in a debate. Right? Well, you never know. Maybe, maybe, maybe those Irish nuns knew something who now are retired out in Brentwood. That's the only place that MS-13 doesn't control out in Brentwood or Central Iceland. Notice how we jump around. Notice how it's a stream of consciousness. And the young Huckleberry's here. They say, wait a second. Where are your benchmarks? You should be talking about this in this 15 minutes. You should be scratching your belly and talking about this. This is Curtis Lewa. This is how I roll. Now I realize a lot of people will think, hey, you ditched your bots. All the furniture is upstairs rearranged in the wrong rooms. That's what you need to be considered a talk show host who has survived 30 years in this business. Because if you're not partially crazy or if you're not fully crazy, guess what? You just won't survive. Anyway, let's go to the phones right here. It's Giuseppe. Joey calling from Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Joey. Curtis, it's a pleasure to hear your voice again on the radio. You brought back so many memories I went to State Street in Brooklyn for my working papers, a cold disaster room. The only good thing was I had a female. I was so, I didn't know what to do. I swear, I got aroused when she started checking me out. I mean, I I never, I was 13 years old, Curtis. I'm Italian from Brooklyn, just like you. I'm from Bensonhurst over there. I went to Catholic school. The nuns beat the hell out of you. I remember the first time I told my mother I got hit by a nun. My mother hit me again for no reason. If you did something wrong, that means you you deserve the beating. Since then, I, I remember always taking the beating from the nun because one beating was better than two for my mother and the nun. Things change in this country, Curtis. This is insane. I don't understand. Yeah, well, hold on a sec. Hold on, Joe. You see, there was an elevation here. The nun gave you a beatdown, all right? Your mother heard that. She gave you a second beatdown. And then later on in Bensonhurst, the Colombo crime family gave you beatdowns right on 18th Avenue when you couldn't pay your vig, right, Joe? <laughs> no, no, my father made sure I didn't hang out with those people. Thank God. I wasn't an angel, but I, was, I didn't go with those people. So now let's get back to the femme fatale because I had Dr. Strange Glove who pulled my chain with the Playtex gloves. You looked out. You had a female doctor who told you probably, take, inhale, a deep breath, don't let it out. <gasps> and then she pulls your chain, right? I don't know what to do. I swear, I was only 13. And I took the train by myself. It was uh, whatever we did back in those days. It was okay. You no, no, admit it, admit it, Joe. You're leaving something out here. The female doctor tells you inhale, hold it. She's got the Playtex gloves on. She pulls your chain and tell me you didn't climax. No, no, <laughs> no, I didn't. But it came close. You damn right. <laughs> And then soon, because you were because you were psychologically traumatized, this is how it goes. People don't realize this. Thoughts are things, 
And when deeds occur later on in life, he starts queuing up right there on 35th Street between 6th and 5th Avenues, where all those Masuji parlors are. Yeah, yeah, you see, it's flashback. It's all, it, Joe, it's all because of that, right, Joe? Come on, admit it. Be honest with me, Joe. I'm glad you're back, though, Curtis. And I mean, you remember when I called up a long time ago, before before COVID, right around COVID, and I said you reminded me of mugs, and you understood exactly where wait, I was. Wait, 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 wait a second, Joe. I'm supposed to remember thousands and thousands ago. See, you want me to patronize you and placate you? Oh, yeah, Joe, I remember that call, like the rest of the talk show hosts and hosts. What is it, the mantra of John Katsimatidis here, as always told by Lydia Serrani? Tell the truth. I I don't remember that, Joe. What are you out of your mind? I'm going to remember that. Well, I remember because I'm not as busy as you are. But I said that you remind me of mugs from the Bowery Boys. With you, you know, you, the way you pronounce words and you do things like that. But well, that's it. You've had your time, Joe. See now, now he's starting. Now he's starting to pull my chain. Mentally, of course, not physically. Hey, let's go to Ross up in Yonkers. I don't know if he grew up in the Schlobine Projects, Mumford Gardens, Getty Square, Nodine Hill. Hey, Ross, where you calling from? Uh, Yonkers, I don't go to Getty Square anymore because I can't duck that well. I'm an old man, you know? Well, you know what? The uh, uh, the nickname for Getty Square is Ghetto Square because you, you better be wearing a bulletproof uh, body condom there when you run through the retail establishments. My pleasure, Curtis, and I'm also glad you're back. Listen, quick question. I'm a loyal, loyal, very loyal WABC listener. Can you tell me why why they didn't do their show, Tuddy and Russo, this week? Uh, Frank Morano, he's actually had paternity lead. I'm going to be talking about that later on in the program. It's like why the hosts here do not use birth control. It should be mandatory. It's like we don't have enough people in the world. Oh, Frank Morano, I'm Catholic. So I got to reproduce. Please don't. I know who you are, Frank. I don't want you to reproduce it. And then Greg Kelly, oh, I got to reproduce. I'm Irish. Well, you know, the Irish are always reproducing. Hey, did you guys ever hear about Jimmy Camps? And then all of a sudden, the other day, I'm listening to Michael Matichich, Rudy Giuliani. And who calls in? His son, Andrew, running for the governorship, the Republican primary. who's was actually ahead in the polls against Zeldin and Astorino. And he's talking to his, his father about, oh, uh, uh, my wife uh, just brought in a brand new baby. Uh, my daughter, Zephyr, Zephyr Teachout. You name, you name your kid Zephyr Teachout? What's wrong with you? You know, there should be mandatory birth control here at WABC. Like, the world isn't too populated. And these guys are all running around busting their uh, bridges and buttons with pride. I'm going to talk to you about what they were doing when they made these announcements. Because it's all about giving out cigars, cigarettes, tipperillos, right? Well, forget the tipperillos, Forget the uh, cigarettes. Oh, but you got to give cigars out. I had three sons. I gave you nothing. I gave you belly button. And people are like, hey, what kind of cigars are you going to give out? To you, a person of no consequence, I give you nothing. Whoever created this uh, pro forma knee-jerk reaction that if you have a kid, not that, not notice, it's not the mother who does all the heavy lifting. The father, all he does is one donation in the Petri dish, and he probably had to try four hours to get a donation in the Petri dish, if you understand what I'm talking about. And meantime, he's the guy giving out the cigars like he's Mr. Big Stuff. Who who are you? And it's it's the woman who did all that all the heavy lifting. 
I can never quite figure that out. Anyway, let's go to the phones. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Kathy. Kathy in Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here on WABC, Cat. Well, here I am, Curtis. And I was, I was raised in New York City at the same time that you was raised in New York City. And how, how, well, wait a second. How do I know that? Am I carding you? Am I asking you for your birth certificate, which I'll never be able to get? It's tougher to get a birth certificate and your scores on the SATs than anything else in the world. How do I know you're my age, Kathy? I didn't even, I didn't even take my SATs. I was already a mother by then. Wow. I just want to tell you, Curtis, I just want to tell you something. I voted for you. I love you. You're a breath of fresh air. Oh, that's it. That's it. Oh, sorry, Kath. And if any of you, any of you talk radio listeners, use that cliched, hackneyed expression, you're a breath of fresh air. There is no fresh air in the five boroughs of New York City. It's polluted. So where are you going to get a fresh air? Where do I have to go up? To Sullivan County? To the Irish Alps or the Jewish Himalayas, you know, on Route 17 or wherever the hell that is. To get fresh air. Oh, you're a breath of fresh air. Well, obviously, you're not living in the tri-state area. Where the hell is the air fresh? You got to go way out to the Berkshires or the Poconos or the Adirondacks where the hillbillies are with their corn squeezings. Fresh air. So, hey. Young Huckleberry's here. I I want you to eliminate these hackneyed expressions. You know, and please don't ever call up and say, Hey, first time call a long time listener. Yeah, 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 you liar. Liar, liar. You Pinocchio, you Kyakara. Or, how you doing? You know how I'm going to react? I'm going to say, I had better days, right? But then, and then you want to go into a whole discussion how your wife and your kids are doing. Hey, in 1982, remember me, Curtis, right there on the D, the D on Houston Street? No, I don't remember you. But you want me to lie to you. You want me to be a politician like Democrats and Republicans who will tell you, and I've been out on the campaign trail with both Democrats and Republicans, remember me, remember me? And they say, oh, absolutely. They should be struck by lightning. The guy is like, you know, he's he's drooling on himself. You know, he just came from the Bluebird special from the diner. He's drooling on him. Hey, I remember, I remember you, liar. Don't do that. We got rules and regulations. If you're going to call in to Curtis Lee, that's why I've survived thirty years in talk radio. Not for nothing. That's got to have earned me some stripes, right? You know, I'm captain of the varsity team. Oh, Sid. Sid Rosenberg. Where did he play football? What, poly prep? Get out of here, poly prep. Oh, man. Any of you been following, don't play football or poly prep. I mean, they've had coach after coach who's going to, like, do a physical test on you like you had to get when you went for your working papers. Apparently, they like to pull your chain at poly prep when you're playing football. So, no, Sid is going to say, oh, I'm the captain of the team, right? And then, of course, Bernard McGarrett, I'm the captain. I, I grew up in the Monroe Housing Project right next to Sotomayor in the South Bronx. But I hear him. He used to run. The brothers would be giving him a beatdown. And feet don't let me fail. Now, he didn't use his shillelagh. He was like kissing the Barney Stone. He was chasing leprechauns for a pot of gold to get the hell out of there. No, 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 no. I'm the captain. I'm the capo here at WABC.
Talk Radio 77 WABC. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Just like the ones I used to know. Where those trees are. Listen. You know, what do you think? Uh, hold on. Stop the music here. I'm no cousin Brucey. You know, I use the term cousins. He used, hey, cousins. By the way, which high school produced cousin Brucey? Madison High School. Who else did they produce? The Schmuck, the Putz, Chuck E. Cheese, Schumer, and Bernie the Altacaca Sanders. Now, out of those three, which is the stand-up guy? Of course, cousin Brucey. But see, the young Huckleberries here, they don't even know who Cousin Brucey is. Stacks of wax. Wow. What is that? Vinyl. And then, of course, the other great shows here. Tie the yellow ribbon around the old oak tree, right? Hey, do you young Huckleberries know who sang that song there? Do you know? Do you have any idea? In the in control room there. Do you know who sang that song? Tie the yellow ribbon around the old oak tree. You know, we carry his uh, broadcast here after Cousin Brucey. Do you have any idea? Look at that. They have no idea. No, no, you could say it on there. Go ahead. You could, you could, try it. Try Try it. I'm giving you a Mensa test here at WABC. We carry it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Give it a try. You want me to guess who it was? Tony Orlando. Yeah, right? I knew it was Tony Orlando. Yeah, but what happened to Dawn? You it tell used, me. It used to be Tony Orlando and Dawn. Uh, go ahead. Call up Tony Orlando after Cousin Bruce. Hey, Tony, whatever happened to Dawn? You know, separation. Did you go to the Vatican? Did you ask for an annulment? What a ripoff that is, right? Here it is. You've been married for 18 years. You've had like seven kids. And then all of a sudden you decide you can't get along with one another. So what do you do? You take a reverse mortgage. You go to the Vatican and you say, hey, Pope, hey, Pope Francis, I need an annulment. Like this never existed. Like you have an etcher sketch. I, I want to know, what happened at Dawn? It was Tony Orlando and Dawn. That was, that was like the number one featured group in America. And then all of a sudden, Dawn disappeared. And if you ask Tony Orlando now, he treats you like a person, uh, uh, what? I can't hear. I need my hearing aids. So please, if you're going to play good Christmas music, find some EDM, electronic dance music. Save those musical classics for Cousin Brucey tonight. What was he on from, what, 6 to 10, right? See, see, I know, because I listen. <laughs> you, you just placating me, patronizing me, then followed by Tony Orlando, right? And hey, oh, you can't miss uh, Joe Piscopo, uh, the Sinatra, Ramsey Subaru Sinatra, two hours. What's that? That's 8 to 10. Oh, that's it. No, no, that's... Six to eight, because I know, because I come on at nine o'clock tomorrow night, and then I'm stuck with Chris Han earlier in the day, like an appendage on me. Uh, what did he call himself? Uh, the aggressive progressive. Oh, my God. Two hours. What did I do to deserve this? Ladies and gentlemen, what in my life did I do to this? I must have really done something really bad. So let's talk about why there is no birth control here at WABC. And I think it should be mandated in the, uh, uh, you know, HR gives you a, um, a manual as to what you can do and can't do. I think fornication and copulation must be ruled out because it's dangerous here. We have an overpopulated planet. So first off, we're told that Frank Morano, who I thought would be a mama Luke for the rest of his life, would never, never leave my mommy. Oh, nobody, you know, Italian guys. Oh, nobody does it better than mommy, you know. 
you know, mommy actually used to used to believe it or not, she used to iron his BVDs. Not only iron his shirts and his pants, but his BVDs. And then naturally she made oh she she can bowl a pasta azul to start the day. No one how could any woman ever compete? With Mama Morano, right? You know how many Italian guys at like 45, 55, they've never been married. They're still living at home with Mommy. Uh, and, you know, they get the best room. Mom and Dad, they don't get the best room. No, they're living down in the basement, you know, next to the boiler. Because the Prince, the Prince, Vinny, Sal, Joey, Frank Morano. Oh, he's the Prince in an Italian-American household. They never get married. I don't know, Rachel must have cast a charm over him, and suddenly he decided, I'm going to leave mommy. Whoa, it had to be traumatic for Frank. He probably was thinking, should I become a priest and go to the seminary because there are no American priests left, or should I get married to Rachel? But I'm going to have to leave mommy because I am a Mama Luke. There's no doubt about it. And then all of a sudden, a blessing occurred, a blessing. A child was born. A child was born. The baby crying. Look at this guy. He's looking at me like, what, what do I want? The click and the shotgun blast? Like it was a shotgun wedding? Yeah, give me the click and the shotgun, all right? Yeah, see if you can find that. How many of you guys? Look at this. This guy is like, what, what do you got? Six fingers here? You know, the, the, the click with the shotgun. You see, I'm going to talk about shotgun weddings. Because I know this was not a shotgun wedding whatsoever. This was a miracle. There is no doubt about it. The fact that Frank Morano, the long-term Mama Luke, would actually end up getting married to Rachel. Trust me, everybody knows this is a miracle. He chose not to go to the seminary. He chose not to stay in the home that his mother was providing to him, but to break to break the umbilical cord with his mother and actually get married to Rachel. And, you know, I was at the wedding out in Staten, Italy. And sitting on one side was Curtis Lee and my wife, Nancy. And on the other side, every Gotti who still lives. Yeah, all of those who tried to kill me and have me kidnapped. Yeah, yeah. Nice guy, Frank. He invites all my enemies there. So you know what he got? You know what Rachel got in a booster bag from me? Belly button lint. Nothing. Meantime, the Gottis, all their purloined cash uh, from their daddy's days that they had stuffed in the Medallia Doro coffee cans out there in Oyster Cove, Long Island, that they bury next to the fig tree. Oh, they were pouring, pouring the booster into the booster bag. But I, I, I deflect here. So we get the uh, Carmine comes into the world at Richmond County Hospital. He's delivered by a midwife on loan from Mount Laredo, a 92-year-old nun, one of the few left. And the OBGNY, I have no idea what that stands for, the acronym, uh, but it was Nurse Ratchet. It took two to deliver Carmine, who was 13 pounds. Now, it's what, 10 days later? Carmine's already 16 pounds. 16 pounds. I was 11 pounds at birth. Birth in Brooklyn Hospital, smacked on my dupus, uh, my duper, and my tuchus by Dr. Duckman. And I've been talking ever since. But that's the story of Frank Morano. He's got a 16-pound kid named Carmine now. 
Do you think they practice birth control or do you think Frank got lucky? Do you think he just uh, donated into the Petri dish? And then back-to-back, belly-to-belly. All of a sudden, Andrew Giuliani running for governor, and by the way, ahead in all the Republican pro- polls, no matter what the GOP of the state of New York tells you, oh, it's Congressman Zeldin ahead, Astorino nipping at his heels. No, 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 no. Andrew Giuliani is winning poll after poll. So he calls into his dad's show, and he tells him, Dad, I got great news for you. Uh, my wife, who is in uh, Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, I don't know where she's from. Just brought a new baby into the world. You have a grandchild. Baby. <laughs> yes, excellent, excellent. And they named her Zephyr Teachout. What a name. You know, it's like I wanted to call child welfare. I wanted to call Dyfus. I mean, this is really cruelty against children. Imagine you name your daughter. First child that they've had, Zephyr Teachout. That's the first name. That's the nickname, and naturally the last name is Giuliani. Now, again, I don't know if his wife is from Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia. All I know, they were all communists at one point, and they, uh, well, Lithuania, right, they produce big basketball players. I don't know anything else about that. But I'm, I'm saying to myself, hey, how about birth control, right, Andrew? You think so? The rhythm? You know, look, these guys are listening. Well, the rhythm, what? Uh, what, what does that have to do with music? No, no, no. It's a system that was used by Catholics for years to avoid getting pregnant. And then the last one, Greg Kelly. Oh, that's right. He's Irish. They never believe in birth control. Just look at how many Irish there are out there. And then all of a sudden, the announcement that a brand new baby, Madeline, enters the world eight pounds. That's half the weight of Carmine. I might add. Half the weight. He's 16 pounds now. And that he's got a brand new daughter. That's his second child. Now, see, Andrew Giuliani, first child. Frank Morano, first child. Lucky if he'll ever have another kid again. Nobody's a bigger baby than Frank Morano, the Mama Luke. So, I mean, come on. There's just no way. Had to be a miracle. I'm telling you, had to be a donation in a Petri dish. So let's look at what all three of these guys did. And, and somebody's got to explain this tradition to me. The woman has the baby. In the case of Frank Morano, his wife, who was carrying and tilting to the right, of course, because of uh, Frank's politics and living on Staten Island, you got to tilt to the right. You tilt to the left, they say, pack your bags and move out of here. We're a red borough. You want to be in a blue borough? You want to tilt left? Go, go move to Brooklyn, the Bronx, Queens, Manhattan. But anyway, a 16-pound kid. So who's standing out on Highland Boulevard and Seaview giving out cigars, the Italian Denobler, crooked... Stinky Italians. He goes, Frank Morano, right out of the box from Ramsey, New Jersey. And then all of a sudden, who was it? Who was it? Oh, yeah, Andrew. Andrew Giuliani raided his father's apartment, took all the illegal cohibas that Rudy is always smoking. Yeah, Rudy, I, I seen the cigar. Yeah, those are cohibas. Those are not Monte Criscos from the DR. They're from the sugarcane curtain of Fidel and Raul Castro. He's giving out boxes of cohibas. Boxes on Fifth Avenue. Now, not just one Cohiba, but Rudy's going to go back to his closet and say to Dr. Maria, hey, what happened to my Cohibas? Andrew is giving him out by the box because he's Mr. Big Stuff. Who, and why? Why cigars? The man has done nothing. And then finally, Greg Kelly. 
And Greg Kelly, he came out yesterday towards the end of the day. He comes to WABC. He's very gregarious. He, he, he's busting his buttons, his Irish buttons, with with pride. He's brought another young Irish uh, daughter into the world. And he's giving white owls out. White owls. I didn't even know white owls exist anymore. And the only crew here at night are like guys who are like 16 or 24. Like I said, you know, we need to cart them. Not not for their vaccine passport. Oh, that you have to have. But for their age. And so these guys, they're they're taking a break, right? They say, hey, I got to take a break. Okay, where are you going? I'm going downstairs to get a sandwich and something to drink. And I see them on the corner. They're hollowing out the White House, man, the extra peach White House. And they're stuffing it. They're stuffing it with marijuana. And they're smoking blunts on a corner. Hey, Greg Kelly has no idea. I hate marijuana. I hate the smell of marijuana. Defeating the beast. So I want to know from all of you, where did this idea that you overpopulate the world and the father gives a reward out? Instead of us looking at the father and say, hey, do you ever, you ever think of birth control or the rhythm system, huh? I mean, look, inquiring minds want to know. And some of you should know, because you probably go back a month of Sundays. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. What is that, a freaking banjo? What is this, deliverance? You gotta be kidding. A Burl Lives? I mean, how old do you think I am? I'm 67, but I recognize Burl Lives. Uh, enough of that. Enough of that. First of all, we gotta deal with Chris Libertini. You know, he uh, puts the imaging. He's the voice of WABC. He said, nobody knows more about New York City than the king of New York City, Curtis Lewa. And then he has a stupid hashtag line on it. So stupid. How about this? This makes more sense. Because it's so hackneyed, so cliched. But that's all Chris Libertini ever does. Hackneyed, cliched drops and hashtags. How about Curtis Lewa? knows where all the bones are buried and who buried them, right? It sounds, it's much more pertinent to my life since a lot of people have tried to bury my bones. You all know that. I'm like a cat with nine lives. I've got 17 rescue cats that I share an apartment with. Thank God my wife Nancy allowed me to move in. 328 square foot apartment, ground floor, the Upper West Side with 17 rescue cats, including Gizmo, who stole one of my votes. Yep, yep, according to the final calculation. And I know, I pinpointed, I got a rat to admit who did a write-in vote for Gizmo because it said Gizmo Sliwa on the ballot. There's nobody who's going to call Gizmo Sliwa other than my wife Nancy. Do you know what my, my wife Nancy did? Well, we both went to vote on the Upper West Side. They're giving me all kinds of Michigas. You got to take your jacket off. You know, you can't signal. Take your beret off. I don't take my beret off for anything. People are going to know you're Curtis Lee when they're going to think you're lobbying for votes. In the Upper West Side, are you crazy? If given a chance, they would vote. They would vote for Daniel Ortega from Nicaragua. 
I mean, they would vote for Castro. I mean, you're talking so up. They got to be voting for me because I'm wearing a red beret. So they were arguing with me. My wife, she gets a ballot. And I swear, she probably wrote in Gizmo Sliwa. That's caused a lot of problems in my household. That's still one. But, you know, that one vote would have meant so much on the Upper West Side where I got no votes other than my vote. No votes other than my vote. Let's go to Patrick in the Bronx. Your turn to be heard here on WAZ, Patrick. Hey, Patrick. Are you there, Patrick? What did Patrick get scared off? You see, this this is so typical. You put the call up, Patrick, and so then he bamboozles you. He uses talk radio caller technology because he knows, oh, wow, Curtis asked who created the tradition of handling, handing out cigars, the father handing out cigars, even though the mother does all the heavy lifting. And he figures, if I say that, the stupid phone screener is going to put me up, and then I know Curtis is going to go to that person, and then he's sitting at home with all of his friends, yeah, you know, while they're knocking back a few, and he's saying, watch, they're going to go to my caller first. Click, psych. <sighs> I'm telling you. Well, let's go to Glenn in Hillside, New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Glenn. Hello, Curtis. Uh, I told your, your screen uh, caller that uh, I wanted to uh, kind of t- test your cognitive ability, see if you're getting into the uh, Joe Biden uh, uh, area. But before that, I'm uh, already there. I'm already there, pal. But go ahead. Let's no, no. Let's do the tests. I got to know that this is not a Rorschach test because I failed that. So this is a cognitive test. Go ahead. Fire away. Okay, here's the, here's the thing, is that uh, you, you were chastising some of these callers saying, hey, how the hell am I supposed to know uh, you, you know, uh, that uh, I, I need some money, people? Okay, I've been uh, calling you for quite some time. In fact, uh, when I first started, I used to uh, say, Glenn from Hill Slide, because the neighborhood has gone downhill. And you went on, you said, yes, that's right, Hillside, Hill Slide, because you're surrounded by the likes of Newark and Irvington. Uh, so, do do uh, I need yeah. your whole biography here? I could get that on Wikipedia, Glenn. Uh, just give me the freaking cognitive test. And then, and then well, did, do you remember meeting me at the Skyline Diner with your former uh, co-host? And I said, I have a question for you by proxy. And you said, this is the first time we've ever had a question by proxy. <laughs> He wants me to be a politician and lie to him. Oh, yeah, I remember you, Glenn from Hillslide. Yeah, see, me, Glenn from Hillslide, you remember. I don't remember you, Glenn. I don't, and look, I've been hit in the head many times, as everyone knows, with pipes, sticks, bats. I've had four major concussions and about 12 minor, you know, minor concussions. So I'm supposed to remember Glenn from Hillslide. Now, which partner is he talking about, my ex-wives or my ex-radio partners? I'm not quite sure because uh, I don't know which, then, I've, you, which I've had more of. Uh, what are you talking about? You were at the Skyline Diner. This was a sat. I would never be caught at the Skyline Diner. Anyway, let's go to Teddy in New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Teddy. Curtis, you're a crazy lad. You got bobbles in that head. You're a screwball. 
People give out cigars to babies. Those other babies, their first words are going to be, go, be can go, go, be can go, go, be can go, go, be can go. Now, now, see, I already said the rules. Steve from Manhattan. Steve has been a lifetime caller. Him I recognize because it's always go, be can go, be can go, be can Now, you would think Teddy would not have to uh, camouflage his voice, right? Just You get the one chance, you know, it's like your opportunity, American Idol, right? Your one chance, Steve from Manhattan, you're up on the stage. You do your spiel. He's always a good caller. You do your spiel. And then we segue you out, like the Sandman, you know, at the Apollo Theater. He gives you the hook. And that's it for Steve, the rest of the program, right? I, I don't care, Steve, if you call other programs. Knock yourself out. But why? Why camouflage who you are? Especially when you know. You, you you know me, Steve. You and the listeners, you know me. You've been listening to me close to 30 years. And so why wouldn't I just say, hey, Steve from Manhattan, and then say, I'm going to say it first. Go Buchanan, go Buchanan, go Buchanan. So now you can get it off your chest, right? But oh, no. You see, he's so locked in. He's so locked in. It's like a knee-jerk reaction. It's like a tick. It's like Tourette syndrome. He's just got to He's got to try to bamboozle all these young huckleberries who are phone call screeners. It's all right. Steve can come on as long as he says Steve from Manhattan. He does his song and dance routine. He tags it, go Buchanan, go Buchanan, go Buchanan. And then that's it for the rest of the show. But no, he's got to be greedy. He's got to be like a hazari, a pig with his snoot in the trough. Talk Radio 77 WABC. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Deck the halls with boughs of holly. Fa la 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 la. Tis the season to be jolly. No, 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 stop. Stop, 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 stop. This is giving me nightmares. I remember trying to date a woman named Holly. I knew that was a mistake to begin with. I don't even know what freaking Holly is for Christmas. I really don't. And I remember trying to date this girl, Holly. I'm trying to remember how old I was, maybe. I was in between marriages. Uh, and it, it was like the worst mistake. No, no. I've made many bad mistakes in my life, but one of the worst. The, Holly. What kind of a name is Holly? So you play this... And immediately I get nightmares. I'm on the time machine. And, uh, you know, being theater of the mind, I'm remembering Holly. And Holly had braces on. Yeah, braces. Which means you're not going to kiss Holly. That is a way to prevent kissing. And I'm sure that we're going to see Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope. Uh, who, uh, you know, every day, uh, I'm, I'm Dr. de Blasio. I'm going to tell you what to do. I want you to wear three Depends over your face and gag to death because that'll stop the South African variant from coming, right? Probably going to ban kissing. But they can't enforce it because some of you guys get lucky, you know, with the, uh, what, 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 what is that the thing, the mistletoe that's all over? There's mistletoe here in uh, like 50 different areas of WABC because these young huckleberries with high levels of testosterone think they're going to get lucky. I don't know, kissing guys, kissing girls, it doesn't matter. They just want to be kissed. I'm telling you, this week, prepare for this. 
Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, who knows nothing about nothing, he's in a drug-induced psychosis, will announce simultaneously with Governor Hochul, who said, I can see Ontario from my kitchen window. Where did we ever hear that before from another governor? Oh, Sarah Palin, Alaska. I remember, I can see Russia from my kitchen window. I don't know how these women see all these things. It must be that they've been eating carrots. Because, you know, carrots, they always said, be, yeah, 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 be like, be like, uh, uh, who is that rabbit? Cottontail? Uh, I'm forgetting now. There's so many rabbits that I watched as a kid on TV. You know, Bugs Bunny, you know, be, eat carrots and it will improve your irises. Iris, isn't that a woman? No, you know, your, your, your ability to see. So apparently Hochul has eaten carrots all her life because she can see Ontario from my my kitchen window. Where there was one case of this virus. Could you please give me uh, Maestro Little George music here because I'll never forget that moment. As Hochul decided she was going to do an Andrew Evil Eyes Cuomo press conference. You know, all of a sudden she had... The PowerPoint up there. And her credibility is she knows nothing about nothing when it comes to viruses, medicine, whatever. But she said, I saw Ontario from my kitchen window. Right there, I'd say she's bugged. And because there was one case of this South African variant. I can't even pronounce it. It's Greek to me. But one case of the South African variant, I'm immunized from that because I have guardian angels in Cape Town. You can't claim I'm anti-South African. One case, she said, it's coming. It's coming to New York. It's going to crush us. And we are going to have to crack down and lock down. My little pretties, you thought, oh, you're going to get rid of those masks? Oh, you get a double mask and triple mask. And I'm going to make sure that you never escape the governmental gulag, which wants to deprive you of thought, choice, your body, your choice. No, your body is our body. We are the body snatchers. And if you don't do what I order you, my little pretty, there is a place called Gitmo, huh? Ha 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 ha. And all of you, oh, oh my God, oh, de Blasio and Hoku, we got to do what they say. So now, where are we? There's a war going on. And I'm telling you, first is a war. It's going to be, they're going to declare that you can't kiss. They're going to declare that you cannot kiss. Because we know that kissing spreads germs. So give me a give me a little smooch there, please. Uh, uh, again, that's the kind of smooch you give your kid, yeah, your sister on the on the cheek. You know, you see your sister, you hate your sister, but you figure in front of your family, you got to show that you know you made amends. That this is uh, you know the, the the peace treaty. You know, it's a family gathering. Yeah, let me hear that kiss again, man. That ain't that ain't lip locking. Let me tell you something. So prepare for this as we come in to the new week and what they call this war. Why don't we just declare war on South Africa? They don't have nuclear weapons anymore. Do any of you realize that Nelson Mandela 
when he took over South Africa in an election from the Afrikaners, those who hated black people, colored people, Indian people. Yeah, because there are four categories in South Africa. I know you can't use the term colored. They use the term colored. It's mixed race. Nelson Mandela had seven, count them, seven atomic bombs. And like Gaddafi, he gave them up. Like, why would you give up your atomic weapons? And I know. I actually went on an animal preserve where they had the silos. And all the South Africans, the guys would tell you, we had nuclear weapons. And, and Nelson Mandela gave up seven nuclear weapons. And I said, schmuck, putz. Oh, that's Nelson Mandela. You can't say that. Why would you give up your nuclear weapons? Look what eventually happened to Gaddafi, right? He had that twenty-two shoved up where the sun don't shine. Remember? The guy who did it was wearing a Yankee cap. Remember? Hey, 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 I remember. Remember, this is after. This is after Barack Obama gets the Nobel Peace Prize. He couldn't even find a piece of cheesecake at night when he's leaving the bed with Michelle and he's got the munchies and, you know, he opens up the the icebox. Can't even find that. He gets a Nobel Peace Prize and the first thing he does is light up Gaddafi. Uh, I dive over here. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And let's face it, if they eliminate kissing, which they are intent on doing, because uh, in Joburg and in Durban in South Africa, where I've been, apparently there's one mad scientist who in uh, his laboratory has determined that one of the methods of spreading this new variant is by smacking lips, by lip locking, a simple kiss on the cheek. So if de Blasio and Hochul decide to ban kissing, what are Italians and French going to do? Because, you know, the Italians and the French, they kiss on the cheeks. I hated that. Growing up in an Italian-American household, stay away from me. Don't be giving me any kisses, please. But it's like a tradition. By the way, now that we're at it, we got rid of all the calls. I just had Ajita. I was frustrated with them. Drop them like a bad habit. So you're free to call in now because I'm asking you concise questions and I want cogent answers. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. So I want to know who, which ethnic group can I blame for developing the idea that you are to kiss a woman's hand in a meeting? Kiss her hand. I mean, I've seen it from time to time. They say men are very galant. They're upper caste. Obviously, I'm not. But the upper caste men will say, Madame, extend your hand so I can kiss your hand, which proves that I'm a gentleman. Now, be a perv. You know, once all of a sudden I get you into a room. But I want to be able to show everyone amongst the elites, the one percenters, that I am galant. That, in fact, I'm a gentleman, a scholar, and a schlub. Because let's face it, any guy that would kiss a woman on the hand is a real schlub, right? He's probably been watching too many old black and white movies. Uh, oh, I'm gallant. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. So um, uh, young men of no purpose in the control room here, 
uh, what I want you to do is write down the questions that I'm answer asking because it's coming so fast and furiously as a stream of consciousness. There's no doubt you will never be able to keep up with me because you haven't done any lines of cocaine. So I'm not suggesting you do any blow. No. No, no, not even you, the listeners out there. Although for some of you, cocaine couldn't hurt. You know, you're like, what? What did he say? You need a dictionary of of Sliwanics. It is a language that I have created, like Ebonics. Remember, years ago, they tried to uh, bamboozle uh, local boards of education into actually having a uh, a system of Ebonics. Well, I think there should be Sliwanics. My fractured phrases, my spoonerisms, um, are from the likes of Dr. Erwin Corey. And the comedian Norm Cosby. See, I've, I've kept this tradition alive. And the question is, ladies and gentlemen, do I knowingly do these fractured phrases, these spoonerisms, uh, what I call my attempt to botulize or my real botulizing of the English language? Uh, do I do it on purpose or is it, in fact, the way I was birthed and raised in Canasi, Brooklyn? one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. That's one eight hundred eight four eight WABC. So first, the kissing on the hand. Not very manly to me, to be honest with you. But hey, I'm not suggesting uh, that I'm identifying uh, your gender when you do that. I'm just saying, where did this tradition come? And then the smacking of the lips, right? When you lip lock, and I mean, you know, you swap and spit. They're going to ban this. Because think of it, out of all the things you ban, they say, oh, you got to wear a mask. Because it's not so much that you're going to spread. You know, it, it's, uh, it's not even for self. But that one person out there in the world who has decided that they will not get vaccinated, you could end up breathing on them. And, oh, my God, they'll be six feet under in a cardboard box, right? That's the reason we wear masks. It isn't to protect ourselves. It's to protect the general population. At least this is what they tell us. Yet, you take your mask off and you'll kiss a stranger, right? Guys, be honest with you. You got this freaking mask on. Some of you, you double mask, triple mask. It's like depends. And I understand. Look, I'm in that situation. I had uh, uh, stage four prostate cancer and I had the operation. Worst mistake I ever made. No, no, no. Wait a second. Getting married so many. No, there are other bad mistakes I've had. You're incontinent, you're impotent, you're wearing Depends. Now, just think, if I were to die today, they would bury me with Depends below my navel and Depends on my mouth because uh, the mortician forgot to take my mask off, saying, you never know. You know, he, he looks good in the box, doesn't he? Better than he did in life. How do we know he's not exhaling? That last exhale might cause you, the viewer, to get this new South African variant, right? So they now, you, you, you go pay your respects at the wake. Before they close the casket, they got a freaking mask on the guy or the gal. They've lost their minds. And now, I'm warning you, they're going to ban kissing. And what are Italians and the French to do? Kiss themselves, of course, like they always do. You know, they figure, hey, if I'm going to poison anybody, if I'm going to, if I'm going to spread the virus, I'll kiss myself. Because so many of you, you couldn't love anyone else because you're in love with yourself. 
Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's true of some of our hosts and hostesses here at WABC. I'm not going to mention any names. But you listen to their show, they're having an orgy with themselves on the air, right? I'm the best. I'm number one, second to none. Look at me. Uh, listen to me. Because pearls of wisdom are dripping from my lips. Not. They're self-idolatry. They create themselves to be a deity, like politicians do, right? I mean, like, I mean, come on. How many times do you have to get fake, phonied, and fooled? by the media that practices idolatry, creates a deity out of men and women who are running for office, and they can never live up to those expectations. 1-800-848-9222. And then maybe the worst, the worst war of all. And I am so mad at Greg Kelly. I understand he's a happy father. He's busting his buttons and bridges with pride. He's chasing the leprechauns because he's going to need it now. A pot of gold now that he's got another kid. He's got the shillelagh in his hand. He has launched a war on shaking hands. Now, remember, when Donald Trump was president, he and Fauci, there was only one agreement they had as New Yorkers. They believed that shaking hands was a dirty custom and that if there was a benefit of the lockdown and pandemic, that they would get rid of shaking hands because they're homophobes. No, no, not homophobes. Germophobes. You see, I forget all my phobes. Germophobes. They've led this. Howard Stern. Donald Trump at one point. Germaphobe. Warner Wolf. Oh, yeah. Warner Wolf, the great sportcaster. I, I would watch him when he did sports with me when I was doing mornings at WABC, which stood for Always Broadcasting Curtis. He would actually use his, his feet to raise the, the toilet seat, his feet, and to lower it. I said, Warner, Warner, you got to sit on the porcelain palace. He goes, yeah, but I'm not touching it with my hands. Germs. I said, germs, Warner. Uh, no wonder why you don't shake hands. I always thought you, you, you were just so into yourself. It was so beneath you to shake a peasant's hand like me. And it turned out he was a germaphobe. And now listen to Greg Kelly. He's a germaphobe. The way he holds this woman's hand. Who shakes hands for 15 seconds? Nobody shakes hands. Any- I'm not a shaker of hands anymore. I'm not a big COVID maniac, but I think the fist bump is fine. Some people make a big thing. Okay, no, we got to shake. We're men. I'm like, oh, God. I just, I, 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 I would be totally fine not shaking hands. I'm not a germaphobe, but it doesn't seem right anymore. Uh, but, okay, if you got to shake hands, you shake, and then you put your, then, then you take your hand back. Remember Pearl Harbor? My, my father, merchant seaman during the war, told me about the story. Remember the pearl, remember the pearl, December 7th, the day of infamy. A lot of people don't realize that we were not at war with Hitler and the Nazis and Germany and their allies. No, 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 not yet. We declared war on Japan. Emperor Hirohito, General Tojo, and the rest of them. Germany declared war on us after that, a few days after. We didn't declare war on Germany. And Hitler and the Nazis, I'm declaring war on Germany now because I know that's where germophobia came from. The first four letters, germ. And then they they didn't truncate it. 
So they called it germaphobes. The first germaphobe in the history of mankind was found in Bavaria. You know, that's where the Catholics live in Germany. They were wearing the lederhosen and those strange hats and, you know, those shorty shorts on, those Daisy Dukes. I mean, not very manly. I'm telling you, not very manly. And that's where they tried to ban the shaking of hands. And now they're coming for us. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, the next thing they're going to ban is handshaking. Handshaking is the ultimate test of a man's man. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Now, I haven't heard the red kettle. I haven't heard the ringing of the bell for the Salvation Army. Give, give to them, please. Don't believe all the nonsense. Don't believe all the negative hype about the Salvation Army. And, man, next time I appear, let me see. I think I'm on in perpetuity after this. I'm on tomorrow. I'm stuck like an appendage to Chris Hahn from 3 to 5. The progressive uh, assassin, is that his name? The aggressive uh, progressive, yeah. Uh, Then I take a powder. Uh, and I come back from 9 to 1 uh, with my stream of consciousness. And then uh, from 1 in the morning to 5, straight through, uh, I'm substituting for the Mama Luke of Frank Morano, who uh, will have his 16-pound baby. Imagine, Carmine has gained 3 pounds since he was birthed. 16 pounds. And this guy, I'm telling you, child welfare, die fish should come for him. He's making his kid. You know, the kids, they're nocturnal. Uh, so they don't sleep. So he's making them listen to me. Now imagine how this kid is going to end up talking because the stream of consciousness that I've given all of you and the form of language that I'm using, the malaprops, the spoonerisms, that is Sliwanics. Can you imagine when the kid is able to talk about the age of three generally? He's going to be talking like me. <gasps> That'll be a nightmare for Frank Morano and his wife, Rachel. But anyway, I ask a simple question, right? I'm expecting, look, I know you're not the Encyclopedia Britannica out there. You're not Wikipedia. You know, a lot of you are special ed. I get it. You've been hit too many times in the head. You have a plate in your head. But a simple question that deserves a simple answer. Where did this miserable tradition of trying to prove your galant as a man, so instead of kissing her on the cheeks or kissing her on the mouth, you decide to kiss her on the hand. That's about the only thing that Andrew evilized Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Faccia Bruta Cuomo, King Cuomo I, has not been accused of by Tish James. Although that's coming. I guess, where did it come from? So we're going to try, desperately try to elicit that response from the callers. Let's see if Mark... In Roselle Park, New Jersey, knows the answer. Huh, Mark, you know the answer? Curtis, the answer is it comes from chivalry, from the night. They couldn't kiss any other way when they met a woman who was of a higher statute. They had to raise their visor, and they would kiss the hand. So let me get this straight. In the age of the lockdowns and pandemics, I see some people walking around not only with uh, three depends on their over their face, but they're wearing the visors, too. So if all of a sudden 
they were to void trying to block out this new variant, this South African variant. And the only reason I call it that is it's Greek to me what they really call it. So, uh, you know, I'm uh, no prejudice against South Africa here. But, Mark, so if I tip my visor and kiss a woman's hand, that means I'm immediately knighted? That's it. You're part of the that special class that the royalty reserves for those who represent. Mark, Mark, good. Mark, I, I, I hate the royalty. You couldn't be more hopelessly wrong. Mark is probably a guy who, you know, when he goes to sit on the porcelain palace, he probably has the Union Jack, you know, all over him. The hell, what nonsense is this? The tradition of kissing the hand came from knights of old who were bold. I, I can't give you the rest of that rhyme. Remember that rhyme? Knights were bold. No, no, I can't do that. That's triple X rated. Anyway, let's go to uh, Steve, who's calling from Jersey. Give it a shot, Steve. Where did the tradition of kissing one's hand come from? Hi, Sliwa. Well, um, listen, uh, I'm from Europe. I'm from Poland. And um, I know that when you introduce to the lady uh, a, a party, um, you show a respect by greeting a lady and kiss her hand, especially when you meet a lady for the first time. It doesn't mean anything sexual or anything, any special status. Or it just show your respect that you're a gentleman, and that's how you... It's, you know, Steve, Steve, uh, which part of New Jersey do you live in? I live in Jersey City. Ah, quite a few poles there. I thought maybe you were well, going to say the Polish section of Garfield, New Jersey. No, Garfield. No, I do shop there for a Polish meat. Of course. I, I knew, I knew that. You see, I knew that. And there, they're the, um, you know, Steve, you couldn't be more hopelessly right. You are correct. Fellow pole to pole. A lot of people don't realize my last name, Schlieva, even though it has a vowel at the end. It's not Italian. It's Polish, right, Steve? Right, Schlieva. Schlieva means, uh, yep, yep. See? And Steve, you are correct. This tradition of kissing a hand actually came from the area of Poland that's closest to Lithuania. So the Liths and the Poles were those that actually created this tradition. And I'm telling you, Steve, you will see that the European Union will issue a vaccine mandate and a uh, prohibition against kissing hands. Watch. All the poles are going to be bent out of shape, and everyone in Lithuania who plays basketball is going to be bent out of shape, Steve. Comment about the European Union real quick. Hold on um, a second. Uh, did I ask you about the European See, I praise this poll, and all of a sudden he thinks he's, what, Pulaski and Kosciusko? And, yeah, young Weisenheimer's here in the control room. It's not Kosciusko. You know, you think it's the mustard, right? Oh, wow, like a Kosciusko mustard. That's better than Gouldin's. You're damn right it is. It's Kosciusko, not Kosciusko. Steve got full of himself. You see, and that's the other thing. You get one thing right. It's like hitting lotto. It's like hitting Powerball for my, my callers. You finally get one thing right, and you think this allows you to extrapolate on the European Union. Who wants to talk about the European Union? How boring is that, right? But now I have another fear. Another fear. 
the end of handshaking in our lifetime. And I'm attributing this to the Troika, the Trinity, the trifecta of New Yorkers. Although I don't know if Greg Kelly, was Greg Kelly born in New York City? I think maybe Long Island. I could be wrong. Baldwin, I think he was in Long Island. But I'll tell you this. This has all come from New York City. Fauci, who does not believe in shaking hands, he thinks it's a dirty, dirty, dirty habit. Uh, He came out of Brooklyn. The brainiac went to Regis. It's no real high school. It didn't have football. And look, look at the results that we have. We got Fauci. And then you had Trump, uh, who was uh, born and raised in Jamaica States. And then there's uh, now Greg Kelly, who's like tagging like Now, he would never agree with Fauci, right? right? Let's face it. Greg Kelly would never agree with Fauci. But he, Trump, and Fauci, they all agree that shaking hands is a dirty habit and spreads disease. I think they've lost their manhood. I think I want to remove their gonads for this one. Let me tell you. The sign of a man's man is... Let me give you the location. Um, right before you hit the Irish Riviera and Breezy Point, you hit Rockaway, Neponset, all those areas. They got the Irish gin mills there. And sometimes the guys, it's like 10 o'clock in the morning, and they've already have the Rum Rouge and the Jake Leg. You know, they've already been belting them back, even before the bar is open. So they go to the bar, and hey, Curtis, Curtis, and then they put a vice-like grip on your hand. And then you got to ratchet it up, too. And you're standing there in the middle of this gin mill. Everyone's watching as if it's an arm wrestling contest. Instead, it's who's going to let go of uh, the other guy's hand first. Who's weak? Who's soft? Who folds like a camera? Cheap camera. Who's not a man's man? And I'm like, there. And the Irish guy, you say, and he's praying to all the Irish saints that I never learned about. I'm saying to myself, my don't know my, I didn't know there were that many Irish And he's ratcheting me up, grip. And then you see his neck is bulging. The veins are like popping out of his neck. There were veins popping out of his arm. And I'm saying, I'm not going to let go. None of these, none of these spud heads are going to be more of a man than me. And I agree, we almost fall to the ground. It's almost like we're wrestling. We're not going to let go. So that, you know, it's like when you see two dogs uh, who have that urge to merge and you throw cold water on them. So all the Irish say, hey, it's enough here. They're going to kill each other. We're not grabbing each other's strokes. We just won't let go of one another's hands in a man's man grasp. So they get cold water and they start dousing us on the floor, trying to get us to release the grip. And the only thing that gets us to release the grip is Vaseline. No man wants Vaseline on their hands when they shake another man's hand because you know what it meant. What were you doing before you were shaking hands? <laughs> Need I say anything more? So immediately you let go. You're like, hey, yo, I ain't shaking hands with Vaseline on my hand. I don't want the guy to think I'm a perf. See, this is what you got. That's why we have to maintain the tradition. Shaking hands. <sighs> oh, now, now women want to weigh in. Women want that. They think they know it all. Yeah, we'll give them a shot. Let's go to Jeannie in Queens. Uh, you, my cousin Jeannie, married to Joey G, the cheats from Howard Beach and New Howard Beach, not old Howard Beach, Jeannie. 
They're all fine. Hi. Hi, Curtis. I want to say something about kissing the hand. Uh, there's an expression in German, die Hunt, which means kiss the hand. And my grandma came from Vienna. And so that was said around her many times. And I think this also came out of the royal courts, like when the dukes or the sol- the so- even the captain of a soldier or even someone higher up would kiss the hand of a lady. Um, it was it was like generally good, polite behavior. And I think it descended from there. You want to you want to culturally appropriate it from the polls. See, like everything else, you want to take the tradition away from where it was created. Like our Polish caller from Jersey said, immediately it's the Germans. No, the Germans invented the concept of germophobia. Why do you think the first four letters are G E R M? That was from Germany. And it came from up in Bavaria, where there are Catholics, not Lutherans. Because, you know, the Lutherans, they would say, hey, why do you think Martin Luther, why do you think he went to that rectory and he put up there? We ain't paying no more freaking indulgences. You got that? We're breaking away from you Catholics. But not in Bavaria. They were too happy with their lederhosen, you know, and their funny hats and wearing their Daisy Dukes. In fact, let's go to Irv, who's calling from Oceanside. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Irv. Hey there, Curtis. Uh, I'm an old neighbor of yours from Canarsie. We grew up together. I'm a year or two older, but um, we have similar experiences. And all you talk about germophobia leads me to uh, remember all our adventures, you messing around in the cemeteries, uh, uh, we hung out in the streets in the schoolyard. We scooped out Spalding balls from the sewers. We even uh, swapped uh, blood uh, as blood brothers. We'd bleed all over each other. I think we developed natural immunity, and um, we don't have um, we don't have a fear of germophobia. Uh, you well, know, well, wait uh, a second. If you grew up in Canarsie, see, he's trying to patronize me right away. He's figured, say, Canarsie, I let him go on and all that noise. No, 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 no. You have a fear of Germans, Irv. That's what it is. You don't want to mention where this all came about from. Germany. This germophobia. And I know there are Jews out there listening uh, you know, they're BLT Jews. You should impale yourself with a menorah because now you drive the Beamers, the Benzes. And a lot of your uh, younger sons, they go for a job. You know, you sent them to an Ivy League uh, institution. You wasted your money or NYU. You paid 55000 bucks, no frills. What a waste. And they go for a job and they're wearing a certain kind of suit. And you know this to be true. And you never told your sons or grandsons, don't you ever dare wear, as a Jew, this suit. And I want to revive you. Not like I'm the Mashiach. No, I want to revive you. What is the name of that brand of suit that no Jew in his right mind should ever be caught wearing? one 800 That's one 800 848 W-A-B-C. But right now, another problem with the crackdown, the lockdown, and obviously the pandemic. Because uh, our President Joe Biden is mashuga, 
He's titched. He's ubats. He's lost it, man. He tells stories every other day that are not true. But he allowed the Frank Morano of the administration, Boudicier, 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 milking the paternity system while we have a critical shortage of products to now attack every Jew out there. This could well be anti-Semitic. Let me tell you something. Maybe if the Jews could claim this is anti-Semitic, the shortages would end. There is a schmear shortage. You go to a Bengal bender place in your neighborhood, and when you put your order in, hey, I just have a bagel with Philadelphia cream cheese. That's it. Simple. Generic, right? No frills. Sorry. There's a shortage of cream cheese. Oh, what is a Jew to do without this schmear? And so now you, yeah, the Jewish community voted. Voted for Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, overwhelmingly. I know you said, no, not this time. We're not going to be fooled. You did. You did like you always vote for Democrats. And now as a result, there's a schmear shortage. Car shortage? All right, that affects Jews and Gentiles. Being up in uh, Anchorage in Alaska, they don't have winter coats. They don't need winter coats to shortage. It's global warming, climate change, right? There's never snow anymore. But what are you going to do without that lactate acid, pasteurized milk and cream that is mixed into the schmear? I know our Jewish listeners are frazzled, frustrating, and they're now going to be working the black market of cream cheese. Yeah, there is a black market now of cream cheese. You think the Jews would control it? No, it's the Gentiles. It's Italian organized crime. Yeah, they get their dibs into everything. The Bananos, Lucases, Columbos, Genovese, and the Cuomo crime family. Oh, I'm going to give you an update on them momentarily. But what are we going to do? There's a schmear shortage. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. I hate the flute. I really did. I remember I was in Bill to see junior high school. You know, they, they what do they give you? What, what, what's that thing they give you to play? It's not the flute. What, recorder. Yeah, recorder. How stupid was that? And we're all playing the recorder. Yeah, you know what I did with the recorder when the teacher wasn't looking? I did a kabong! I would nunce and bunce the kid in front of me. You know what nunces and bunces are? Well, I'm not going to ask you Weisenheimers out there. I would nunce them and bunce them so bad that their ears would be bright red, like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer's nose, right? And then I would take that recorder that I hated, I loathed, I despised, and i go, come on! And actually, the kid wouldn't rat me out, because he knew there'd be a hell of a price to pay. He didn't eat the Parmesan cheese. No, 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 no. In Bill to see Junior High School. Actually, I started playing the recorder in Jungle Jenny Wilson's class, sixth grade in PS 114. Yeah, that's where, that's right. A kid named Mark. I'm not going to give his last name. He's probably still traumatized from me, giving him nunces and bunces. But now it's a time for reflection. 
The other day, ladies and gentlemen, Mark Zucker, Zucker, Zuckerman, whatever, they're all the same. They've destroyed our country. You know, the head of the Cuomo National Network, he uh, he got very mad, very mad at Chris Cuomo. And he kissed him on the cheek. He gave him the death kiss. He said, you have so disappointed me. I put everything on the line for you, Chris. And now you're on the outside looking in, and I may have to go too. So he gave him what we call in Italian the kiss of death right on the cheek. Chris Cuomo went out to his compound in the Hamptons where his older brother, Andrew Evil Eyes Cuomo, is hunkered down. You know, it's like a scene out of The Godfather. Remember when everyone, uh, they hit the mattresses and started to stir the marinara sauce. But even though Chris Cuomo, the egomaniac that he is, who's like lens lice, even though he can no longer have lens uh, lice symptoms other than if he took selfies of himself, he decided to put out a clarion call and show for the first time in his life that he was humble that there was some humility in the marrow of Fredo's bones. Listen. You know this already. Uh, It hurts to even say it. Uh, It's embarrassing. But I understand it. And I understand why some people feel the way they do about what I did. I've apologized in the past. I mean it. It's the last thing I ever wanted to do was compromise any of my colleagues and do anything but help. I know they have a process that they think is important. I respect that process. So I'm not going to talk about this any more uh, than that. That's pretty uh, humble. A lot of humility for a Cuomo. They never, never, Mario never showed it. Certainly not Andrew. Chris, a centithia of humility. And of course, uh, owner-operator and fellow talk show host in his own rights, John Katsimatidis, who's always the peacemaker, always a peacemaker. He, he always does shit-ocks. He always brings together Democrats, Republicans, uh, people who are arguing in business. If you, you want a shit-ock done for whatever problem you have, uh, if it involves the tri-state area, you go to John Katsimatidis. And John said to me, what do you think? What do you think? The other night it was Marco's birthday at the university club. Great, great event, great affair. So what do you think? I do a shitock, you and Chris Cuomo. You're on Saturdays from 2 to 4, and you know, you're on with the aggressive progressive Chris Cuomo on Sundays from 3 to 5. What do you say? I throw a lifeline out to Chris. Now remember, John Katsimatidis has known the Cuomos for a month of Sundays. And... Uh, He wants diversity here at WABC. He doesn't just want every show to sound like the same. Joe Biden is evil. Evil. Harris is more evil. You know, he'd like a little balance. So he said to me, you know, he's got all these... He's got all these investigators, you know, for all of his other corporations because there's always problems that a business is going to have. He said, I want to put my number one investigator on this the former FBI director in New York, and he came up with a uh, a case jacket in which he told John that years ago, and this is true, years and years ago, I did a talk radio program with Chris Cuomo right here on WABC. It was 3 to 5 in the afternoons. Chris was between jobs in TV. 
Couldn't be nicer. In fact, he was so nice that if I were a diabetic, I would have insulin shot. All the ladies at WABC, they were for toots. Oh, Chris. Oh, Chris, could you show us? Could you show us? Oh, the uh, nipple ring you have? I mean, they were ecstatic. But he just wouldn't give an opinion. And so the suits wanted it to work. Oh, what do they have? Uh, Cuomo and Sliwa, Sliwa and Cuomo. I forget what the tagline was. I didn't care. But he wouldn't give an opinion. He said, I'm a professional news person. I've been groomed and trained that way. I am not able to give an opinion. So after a month of being together, five days a week, Monday through Friday, three to five, we parted ways, but we parted ways well. And I'll never forget Chris. He did interventions in that month. People would call up and say, Chris, how could you sit next to that fiend who calls your father Mario Facha Bruta Como and your brother Andrew Evilize Como? And Chris would laugh. And he would say, ah, that's just Curtis. You know, whether you're a friend or foe, he's got a nickname for you. We, we, we have a big belly laugh at the Cuomo household when we hear Curtis. And right now they're listening in the Cuomo compound on 107.1 WLIR. That's right. Our sister station booming out the 50,000 powerful watts of sound to Suffolk and the Hamptons, which never before could hear our signal. They are listening. Ladies and gentlemen, should John Katsimatidis do the unthinkable, do a shidduck, extend a lifeline to Fredo, Chris Cuomo, and have him work with me as my partner, a second appendage I would have here at WABC since my return from the mayoral campaign, two to four on Saturdays. And what would it be called? Would it be the Curtis and Chris show or the Chris and Curtis show? That would show the humility, because no Cuomo would ever allow my name to be mentioned first. Not Mario from the grave, not Andrew from the compound. But Fredo is different. We leave it to you, the listeners and the callers, if John Katsimatidis should do this shit. <laughs> 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Now, I do realize that Andrew and Chris and all the Cuomos out in the compound are listening. Now, do me a solid, Cuomos. Do not have your sycophants, toadies, and lackeys call in. No, no. Although they would never listen to WABC to begin with. They, they don't listen to AM because they, they don't understand that AM means active-minded. Oh, yeah, they listen to AM for sports. And maybe for WINS or WCBSAM to get the news. But they think AM is the time that you wake up uh, in the morning, right? You know, like typical young Huckleberries, like our staff here. They're FM vegheads. They don't know the meaning of FM. Freaking mor- morons. Feeble-minded. Fornicating madly. Free marijuana. So the question I pose to you is should... Our owner-operator, John Katsimatidis, who also you'll hear his show not only tomorrow morning from 6 to 10, uh, as he has his uh, widely renowned panoply of different experts to start off your day, jumpstart your day. But then he returns from 5 to 6, right after I'm attached like an appendage to that aggressive, progressive Chris Hahn. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. No, no, this is not theater of the mind. Theater of the mind I only do 
in the overnight hours. The other side of midnight, as a substitute for Frank Morano, who continues to milk uh, the paternity rights established recently. We never had that years ago. I certainly never had it. Uh, you know, Anthony came in the world. He's my oldest son. By the way, you don't want to miss it. A father and son podcast. Although he's bogarted me, he wants to call Anthony and Curtis. We did our first one. You're going to be able to listen to it on WABCRadio.com with all the other great podcasts. Uh, and it's going to be a first, a father and son podcast. But he's bogarted me, Anthony, my oldest at 17, who now wants to call Anthony and Curtis. And then there's Carter and Hunter, you know, my two other sons who, because of Hanukkah, they're ripping me off for presents. You know, they're raised Jewish, so they want a present a day, all eight nights of uh, Hanukkah. Eight times two is 16, that much math I know. And then they say, oh, and by the way, Dad, we expect Christmas presents too. Phenomenal. It's nothing but a shakedown. And my oldest son, who's raised Roman Catholic, he wants a brand new Dodge Charger. Brand new. Not pre-owned, not used. Brand new. Is that chutzpah? Oh, what? Anyway, on this idea, linking me up to uh, Fredo. Let's go to Carrie in New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Carrie. Hi, Curtis. This is Terry from New Jersey. And I just want to say how much I love you. I think you should run for governor. And uh, you don't need Chris. He's going to ruin your show. And if you have him come to your show, you call it Curtis and Fredo. That's all I got to say. Wow. Okay. All right. So that's one plus. One plus for Curtis and Fredo. It's real hate for Han. You notice that? The progressive, aggressive. Yeah, you can listen tomorrow. You got it. It's got to be. If you can't catch us on the fly, on the live part of the WABC 770 AM side, you get in on the podcast. So, Carrie, a schmuck phone screen, he puts Carrie. Carrie, that means she's Irish. You know, you kiss the Barney Stone before you get to kiss Carrie, although they're going to ban all kissing now that the South African variant is out there. Murphy, you know, the other Irishman there who calls you all knuckleheads. Yet you were stupid enough to elect him a second term. He's going to say, hey, knuckleheads, you can't be lip locking. Let's go to Penny in Melville. What do you think of that idea, Penny? Hello, Penny. Hello. Yes, a penny for your information, Penny. <laughs> I think you should go it alone. Do not even think of bringing him on with you. I'm very surprised at John Kasimatidis. I know he likes to bring the Dems and the Republicans together, but I think it's a big mistake. Penny, so self-idolatries, deity. A sol- solo person. But we have a lot of solo people here. And they're bombastic and they're full of themselves. I'm not going to mention names. But, you know, it's like the rule book of talk radio hosts is you make mistakes, of which we make many. Never go back and acknowledge your mistakes. Just keep talking and maybe people will forget all the faux pas and mistakes you made. Let's go to Kevin in suffering. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Kev. How you doing, Curtis? I just wanted to say I respect John and the radio station. I listen religiously. But if you bring CNN's Cuomo on the show, that'll be just two blocks that you lose for a listener. The guy before you and this one. Wow. Oh, they're digging in now. And we started with a plus. Let's go to Bill in Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Billy. 
Curtis, uh, I've heard you say that Andy Cuomo used to deal nickel and dime bags of pot when he was a student at Archbishop Malloy High School in Queens. Has that ever been confirmed that he was a drug dealer in high school? Everybody knows at the pizza parlor he was selling nickel and dime bags, but nobody did anything. Hey, look, at least he wasn't like Geraldine Ferraro's son, who was the chemist up uh, up in New Hampshire. Where was he going in that Ivy League school up in New Hampshire? Anyway, he was selling cocaine. So come on, Bill. It was simple nickel and dime bags. Now it's like decriminalized. Huh, Bill? What about the idea of hooking me up with Andrew Cuomo? Why? Why are you not answering the question? Don't bring him on. Don't bring him on your show, Curtis. You're much better by yourself. Yeah, but you see, if I bring him on, I can ask him, hey, wasn't your brother shilling nickel and dime bags and refer with the seeds and stems, I might add? You're better by yourself, Curtis. Don't bring any women on with you. You're much better when you're by yourself alone. Oh, I should be a misogynist, huh? Gee, have I had more women co-hosts with me over the years or more ex-wives? I'm trying to figure that out. Do the math on that. Let's go to Susan in Red Bank. Your turn to be heard on the Fredo question, Susan. Hi, Curtis. My uh, mom and I listen to you. My mom's 94. We're both of Polish background. She says she's been saying you should go to Chicago and shake things up there and fix up, you know, deal with the violence there. Get your guys in there and see if you can make a difference. And the other thing I thought is for show, instead of having this Cuomo on there, you should just have regular different uh, guests on from the different communities talking about what they love about their heritage and their background and their community. Uh, I was in Greenpoint and and then talking about... Oh, Susan, Susan, that is so NPR-ish, right? So WNYC. Let's go to Mike in New Rochelle. Quickly, your opinion, Mike. Hey, Curtis, listen, I'm a big fan of yours and things like that, but I got to tell you something. You don't need this guy as your partner at all. You don't need him at all. Uh, uh, he's uh, not at all. Let's go to Mike in New Brunswick. Your turn to be heard, Mike. Curtis. Yeah, need me. That's I need you. Need you. Me, Curtis. Need that? me as your co-host. Who are you? Who are you, Michael? Me, Nico. Me, me, me. What is you part of the Me Too generation? What do you mean, me, 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 oh. Nico? I'll be your co-host, Nico and Curtis. Miko and Curtis. And, yes, for, and yes. for, let me ask you a question. From what country are you? I'm from America. No, you're not. No, you're not. Not with a name like Miko. Oh, my God. You see, you call it, think you can bamboozle me, right? You think you can get over on me like you can the other talk show hosts and hostesses who go, Oh, Miko, thank you. Thank you for patronizing me. Thank you. I don't play that. So I prepare for battle tomorrow with Chris Hahn, the uh, aggressive progressive from three to five. Then you get me from eight, eight, no, nine to one. See, I stole another hour. And then I got a substitute for the Mama Luke who's milking paternity leave, Frank Morano, who will have his now 16-pound son, Carmine, listening overnight. That's child cruelty, right? But then again... That's WABC. Now that I'm back, it's ABC Always Broadcasting.
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 